You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Speed. It is now 5 o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University campus from the basement of romantic, scenic Carruthers Hall. And uh, But certainly not as scenic as the wonderful things people can see and do at the Agnes Etherington Art Centre. And I have the great pleasure of welcoming Jan Allen, director of the Agnes, in studio with me today. Welcome. Thanks so much, Dinah. I'm really excited that you're here. Uh, before we dive into our conversation today, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as director at the Agnes. Oh, as director at the Agnes, I'm uh, in charge of the administrative integrity and overall artistic direction uh, of the gallery. So it's the big picture position um, and also responsible for our relationships with the outside world, whether it's our funding agencies, um, the art world at large, or our communities uh, closer to hand. Okay. Okay, so CFRC has learned that the Ontario Association of Art Galleries, or the OAAG, OAG, OAG, it is. <laughs> OAG has honored the Agnes uh, Etherington Art Centre at Queen's with two major awards. And the first is the Hold Movements in the Contemporary Collection, which received the award for Innovation in a Collections-Based Exhibition. Can you tell us about this exhibition, what inspired it, and whose works are included? I sure can. It's curated by Sunny Kerr, who's our curator of contemporary art. This is the second in a ambitious three-part show under the banner, The Hold. The Hold referring to, like the hold of a ship, um, what we hold in our collection. We have a, a, a vault full of wonderful art. And he's drawing on the contemporary collections, and with each iteration, he's taking a different perspective. The first one was studies in the collection, mm-hmm. and it was set up with a research lens, looking at and encouraging research in the gallery space, but looking at how artists use research to drive their art making. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a wonderful show. For the uh, the follow-up, the one that's just won this award, um, it's movement he's looking at, both movement in terms of themes and and physical movement, um, very broadly understood. Um, Again, drawing from our contemporary collection to think about that theme. Um, So there are works that are automated that have motion within them. Mm -hmm. There are others that address themes like migration or simply flight or stasis being held back from movement so imprisonment is another theme within that show mm-hmm. the other thing that makes it outstanding and I think probably um, attracted those who gave him this award was his um, drawing on an advisor Dr. Lisa Figa who's an artist and researcher here in Kingston um, who uses a scooter to get around and she was a consultant on the development and installation of this show bringing her lens of the gallery visit through someone with this particular type of mobility Mm -hmm. um, and setting the show up uh, to suit her so it was sort of on this different level uh, how does one experience and move through an exhibition like this. So it was both informative for us to think about how our display practices um, relate to someone on a scooter, Mm -hmm. um, but also just in 
for visitors at large to think about the particularity of the way we move through space, the ease or lack thereof, um, how we move in relation to culture, Mm -hmm. how we move when we look at art. Does art make us move in some way? Does it move us personally? So there are all these nice interwoven layers in that exhibition. And a kind of a poetry as well, which I think is really a signature of Sonny Kerr's curatorship. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the pieces that were featured in the exhibition? Some of the particular pieces, sure. I'm happy to mention in particular Ginny Yu's piece, which was easily the largest work (laughs) in the show, and also a very recent acquisition, so a new arrival in our collection. Um, It's uh, basically a room within the gallery space Mm -hmm. that is defined by um, sheer... um, drapes, as it were, defining the space of the room. Um, And on that uh, gauze is um, painting of um, bird-like forms, feather-like forms in mass movement. Um, And the title of the piece is Won't They Ever Stop Migrating? So it brings to mind the motion of people, and it invites people to enter this space to be apart from the normal everyday world and inside is a soundscape with excerpts from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. there's that um, sound of, of fear and movement all at once and that speaks to uh, a condition that sometimes goes with migration and in relation to migration, whether it's by the subjects or by the people um, who are encountering the um, migrants of um, fear and the unknown of transition. So it's a beautiful evocation, a very mm-hmm. um, sort of sensitive um, psychological evocation of the experience of movement. And of course, um, globally, mass migration is a major so um, Issue today, yeah. so it's very, very pertinent. It's also drawn from the artist Ginny Yu's own family history of migration, migration in her case from Korea. Okay. Yeah. So really going deep on that. Um, another piece, the second one I can mention as kind of a counterpoint that was actually uh, posed opposite that work in the exhibition uh, is a spherical stainless steel work that's motorized. Um, called Every Epoch Dreams. And again, it's about that space between reality and imagined realities. Mm -hmm. But in this case, looking at a historical perspective, and this work I find completely mesmerizing. It has a center column, and on that column is wrapped a historical image of Hitler in his garden playing with children only it's distorted anamorphically, okay. it's stretched, and where you see the image is on the horizontal platform that circulates around it. So you have this almost merry-go-round-like sense of this temporal history um, in which Hitler tried to present himself as a kind and gentle family man or um, you know, a lover of the young and a, a pure heart, mm-hmm. and this was part of the propaganda of Nazism um, and for us to look at that and reconstitute that today in the light of subsequent histories and again that movement but in this case of time and how reality uh, shifts and becomes very uh, dreamlike almost. Okay. Yeah so really quite a powerful 
work. Okay. Yeah, a little, a little heavy, that one. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's, it's serious and also very beautiful. But, it, but it's sitting, uh, this particular piece is sitting amongst so many other powerful pieces that bring together the whole hold, the hold, that's right. in the contemporary collection. So what is it about the collection itself that uh, is so uh, distinguished, if you will? How did the Ontario Association of Art Galleries ultimately award uh, or present an award for this exhibition. Yeah, so um, it was uh, nominated. We had put it forward into mm-hmm. the pool. That's the way the process works, kind of a self-nominating. All the galleries across the province participate of with the projects that we're most proud of mm-hmm. in these different categories. Um, and I think uh, then it goes before a jury mm-hmm. of uh, peers, um, an arm's length adjudication process and a competition. And, um, you know, something has to stand out. And in this case, the thoughtfulness or the innovation that's brought to bear um, on simply presenting the collection. You know, we have a wonderful collection, but we need to present it in ways that animate it for the moment. Mm-hmm. These collections are accrued over time. They're excellent works that are brought in for particular reasons, but we need to be very thoughtful about how we restage those so that they're meaningful for people. Visitors today um, can access them and um, enjoy them okay. in a new way. So I think that's... Um, the juror's emphasis was on the creative approach to working with that collection, um, along with, uh, I guess, a big check mark on the, the theme itself, very its pertinence today. Okay. And now for folks that may not be able to uh, come into Kingston or Queen's University and the Agnes, uh, are the is the exhibition itself uh, still uh accessible digitally? Yes, indeed, it is. It's online mm-hmm. on uh, via our website in the past exhibitions. So this was a 2018 exhibition, mm-hmm. um, but it can be accessed through the, our past exhibitions, and there's a virtual tour of the exhibition there, along Ooh. with some stills. So you can, you can go and wander through it. <laughs> yes. So you'd be able to uh, look at the images, perhaps hear some of these soundscapes too? That's a good question. You know, <laughs> I'll have to go on and see. Not so, so sure about the soundscapes. All right. So that's your assignment, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Okie dokie. So now the second award uh, that we're talking about today is the Lifetime Achievement Award that you, Jan, were awarded <laughs> uh, by the Ontario Association of Art Galleries. Congratulations. That that must be huge for you. Oh, um, you. So can you tell us a little bit about how your career evolved over your three decades at the Agnes? Uh, I understand you began your career at the Agnes as a curator and are now finishing as director ahead of your retirement in right. just a few short weeks. That's right. So... Uh, I know it's uh, we have a limited amount of time, sure. and there are thirty years <laughs> to, <laughs> to cram in. To cram in, but how has the career that you've enjoyed at the Agnes evolved? Uh, it's been thrilling. It's been uh, really the perfect job for me. Um, I entered as a lowly associate curator and uh, even job sharing. So, you know, it was uh, getting my foot in the door. I was very, very excited about. Um, and I've had uh, the benefit of some really wonderful mentoring along the way. Um, so my career really grew in a way uh, in tandem a little bit with the growth of the gallery itself. It's both physical and staff complements. Um, so in a way, I feel f- quite fortunate because I've done a lot of the jobs there, essentially, mm-hmm. um, because of that early history when we were very small staff. You 
kind of needed to be trained in almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I, my specialization was always in contemporary art, my special interest. Um, and as the gallery developed and we were able to um, achieve. Um, better funding support, um, they created the position of curator of contemporary art, and I was um, the first lucky occupant of that position. Um, and so I really did focus um, thereafter on both building the collections in that area and also working with artists to develop exhibitions. Okay. Now, maybe for some of us uh, lay people who don't really know a lot about art other than I'm going to look at it and, and try to study it and maybe read a little about it and learn a little bit more about what the artist's intentions are, what may, or take a guess at what they're trying to evoke in terms of a mm-hmm. behavioral or emotional response or active response in terms of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, though, uh, how you talked about your curatorial expertise in contemporary art. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, contemporary art itself? How does it differentiate from other genres? What makes it distinctive? Sure. Um, it's a, uh, partly a time period. It's partly the current moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's defined as uh, art by living artists um, and all art made in the last 25 years. Oh, okay. Right. So there are, there are sort of technical um, definitions of well, it. And that's what I was wondering, like okay. contemporary, is that something so, uh, post-1800s? Okay, <laughs> it's, it's, it's often mis- mistakenly called modern, but modern is more of a historic period in the mid-20th century, so that's okay. like the past. Uh, and then there was post-modern, and, and there's always contemporary, which is always changing, it's always the moment, and eventually that art becomes historical art. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's good, it lasts. <laughs> people continue to love it. Okie dokie. So uh, what do you love most about contemporary art? What drove you into the field in the first place? Um, I love the fact that it's continually evolving. Um, I love working with artists and um, the creative energy there, uh, the imagination, I think, and also the way that art um, reflects um, emerging realities, tendencies in our society. So for me, I mean, you know, there are very different types of art practices, but for me, um, that's the zone I find most fascinating is how um, the ways in which art is a very lovely kind of litmus, responsive um, reflection of the world around us, mm-hmm. uh, how we're experiencing daily life, how our culture is changing, um, the concerns, the fears, the loves, um, the, all those things are sort of wrapped up in art that reflects the moment in the in the language of art okay of course and visual art like any art form has long traditions so it's using those traditions to evolve how we think and see and experience the world but and there's so many forms too like it's not just looking at a portrait on the wall that's right so uh yes and those uh forms have historical roots and realities and one of the forms that really fascinated me throughout my career as a curator was electronic art um so electronic art and robotics um it's very interested in um so some of my you know favorite uh, projects related to that um and it's it's really um a niche within the art world but media art in general really interests me as well um, as traditional forms 
Okay. Are you a practicing artist yourself? I have a background in that, and I definitely I had an art practice. It hasn't been very active in the last dozen years or so. I just haven't been able to do that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, really, um, I've been very much swept up in my work at the gallery and um, the uh, the pleasures that affords, the research pleasures, um, and the um, ways of connecting art with our publics, with people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's become really predominant. I still find it to be extremely creative practice um, even the sides of the work that some might enjoy less like fundraising I, I actually love doing that because uh, I, I believe so passionately in what I'm doing so that's been uh, exciting mm -hmm. okay fantastic so now over the last 30 years you have uh, organized about 160 exhibitions at the Agnes that's a huge number uh, and I guess it might be very very difficult, but do you have any um, favorite exhibitions or really most the, some of the most signature, memorable ones that you can recall? Sure, there are, are a few that jump right out. Mm -hmm. um, two of them are group shows, and one of them was called um, Museopathy, mm -hmm. which was um, back in 2001, so a long time ago, but um, really still a favorite um, because I worked with guest curators in that case, um, Jim Drobnik and Jennifer Fisher, um, and we um, worked with local museums here in the city, across the city. Mm -hmm. to uh, install artworks um, in those museums that intervened or responded to their themes. And, you know, until I undertook that, I didn't realize at that time, Kingston had about 20 museums. And, you know, really classic ones relating to Sir John A. Macdonald and the International Hockey Hall of Fame, um, the, the Marine Museum. So museums that really tapped in in very specific ways to the nation and its history mm -hmm. um, and al allowed for a really vibrant dialogue. So that, that was an the artist responses to those, um, including the Penitentiary Museum, were very powerful works, and, and that exhibition was tremendously successful, um, received really great national profile, and mm -hmm. was very gratifying, uh, although incredibly complicated. Would <laughs> I do it again? No, I would not. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, that was part of the pleasure. Um, another one that um, is a highlight for me is Machine Life, which is uh, an exhibition of robotics and electronics. Okay. Um, and it was built around the work of Norman White, who was a, a pioneer in electronic arts in Canada and really internationally renowned. Um, and so it was his work, really looking at it, his practice over his life, um, but then also bringing in the work of his students. So the more current generation, the people whose work he had influenced, mm -hmm. and a particular kind of aesthetic being expressed through robotics and, and the aesthetics of electronics, if you will. Uh, so that was a really exciting show, and I, I just a, a lot of uh, humor in the works, a lot of you know even failure, failed electronics was a uh, aesthetic um, that was being uh, explored. Uh, so one that we can see also today was just kind of at the cusp of moving into a world where we are saturated in electronics and it's sort of an extension of ourselves. Okay. This, was, this was sort of at that cultural moment when that was really um, moving into reality. 
Um, a third one, which is really my last major show, I guess, was uh, working with photographer Jeffrey James uh, at the Kingston Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to arrange for him to have access in the last, the final months of its operation here before mm-hmm. it shut down um, to take a suite of what I think are very historically very important uh, photo documents um, during with the inmates in place. So that was a a really uh, challenging project to implement. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially uh, when you're also photographing people incarcerated people people and and guards and so on it was the the daily life uh, inside that prison Um, with its long history here and long connection with the wider community we felt it was very important there was was very little photo documentation of um, lived experience in that space Um, and we were really uh, grateful to uh, Corrections Canada to allow us that uh, access mm-hmm. uh, and to support that, in fact, um, and the resulting book and a suite of uh, photographs, I think, are very um, satisfying uh, to have achieved. Um, mm-hmm. And the partnership with Jeffrey James was fascinating. Um, the way he responded to that environment and and made connections with the people there over a succession. So he made multiple visits over, uh, I think it was a six to eight month period. So he got to know people. Uh, he sort of became part of the place as much as one can when one's still going home every night. But uh, it, it's a, a gorgeous and important uh, document. So I'm quite um, pleased and proud to have been able to uh, accomplish that. Wonderful. Okay, so I understand now that there was another award that was also uh, a surprise to us here at CFRC. Uh, we also learned that uh, just last night on December the 2nd, you were down at City Hall for the 2019 Mayor's Arts Awards, and you received an award there last night. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I did. That was just a wonderful thrill. I, I'm just I'm really grateful for that recognition. Um, and it's a bit different um, in its emphasis, which is more uh, it's an arts champion award. Uh, and this I'm really especially honored to receive uh, from the city. And it's really for um, the sustained work that I've done as an advocate for the arts in the city. Mm-hmm. So to raise the profile of the arts here, um, to encourage and make possible um, new things for for the arts here, and in fact, to um, I think in some ways, and not ju- it wasn't just myself doing this, but a, the whole community was r- reaching out so that there was um, stronger relationship between the city per se and its artists, mm-hmm. um, and even the arts awards themselves as a, a form of recognition that says this is important to us as a community um, that. People should know who the artists are in their communities um, and celebrate their work. Okay. And now, speaking of our local artists, uh, do you have any advice for them in terms of uh, developing their own careers or, or, or participating in exhibitions or how do I break out? Uh-huh. That's a, that's the eternal question. So there's two parts to that that I would say. One is the kind of reflection on what why you're doing what you're doing. Are, mm-hmm. are you doing it uh, to show the world? Are you doing it to express yourself? Um, what What's your purpose? And I think sometimes people become frustrated and they're not even sure why because they're not sure why they're doing that. So it's a, that kind of reflection can go a long way, I think, to, for 
to pe- for people to clarify wh- why they're making work. Mm-hmm. Um, on the, and the other side of that is persistence, uh, really believing in yourself and um, pushing ahead and sharing your work with others and finding ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for artists if they want to reach a public to really get the work out there. That might not be important to an artist, but for many it is. Mm -hmm. They want their art to be a form of conversation, Mm -hmm. um, but they need to champion their, their own work and they need to also uh, build a circle of people around them with shared interests, um, and that's really working together is often the most effective way to get your work out there. And collaborating, too, because mm-hmm. I imagine that uh, artists who practice in this or that particular form might have much to learn from somebody who works in a completely different area but has similar vision, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and one thing we find here in Kingston, because it's fairly intimate scale city, yeah. is that we do have a lot of cross-disciplinary action. And I think that's very fruitful for people here. It's very encouraging and it's really energizing. Mm-hmm. It helps us to raise questions about what we're doing and to learn new things, as you say. So that's an exciting and really available aspect of the art scene here. Okay. And now, uh, as you are uh, finishing your career at the Agnes in January, you are retiring. It's mm-hmm. a sad, sad loss for, for everybody, I think, right here in the community and Queens in particular. Um, but what do you think some of your greatest accomplishments have been as director? Oh, I think... Uh, you know, I've, I've been director just over the past half dozen years, mm-hmm. and, and we've seen um, enormous growth in participation. So I feel like that is a really important marker mm-hmm. of success. I don't think numbers always matter, but the depth of involvement um, th- going along with those numbers, I've been um, very gratified with what our team has achieved. Um, I guess the second thing that I would say I'm really proud of is the team of people at the gallery, um, which was, uh, is there's so much talent there. Uh, gives me quite a lot of confidence about stepping down now mm-hmm. um, that that momentum will be achieved. Okay, yeah. so it will be turning over, uh, turning over the leadership to an awesome team, and uh, it's going to go full steam ahead. I'm just going to be cheering from the sidelines. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, will you still be involved in some capacity with the Agnes? Um, I will be I will be visiting for sure. <laughs> of course um, you will. And, and, yeah, I will be staying in the city. Uh, my husband and I love the town and we, we've made our home here. Um, and I'll be involved in the arts in some way, but I'm not sure what that way will be. I'm going to have a little uh, uh, reprieve downtime for a while first mm-hmm. and um, figure out what's next. And uh, maybe you'll start practicing some art again yourself? Who knows? That is a question. <laughs> so stay tuned. There could be an <laughs> exhibition coming up at the end. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, while we have you here, is there anything else that you would like to add about current or perhaps upcoming exhibitions in the winter? Oh, they're just starting to turn over now. So yeah. this is an exciting moment. We're always sad when the shows come down. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, we've got a great lineup for the winter semester. 
Foster and uh, Walter Scott is going to be here in Artist in Residence and uh, people are going to love his work. It's going to surprise them so you have to come and check that out. Um, and we have a new exhibition of um, British portraits uh, from uh, the, from 1500 to 1800 so it's spanning quite a period and there's some really amazing um, new acquisitions among those and other shows. Seven new exhibitions so I won't rhyme through them all unless you've got time but do go online and check them out mm-hmm. um, it's going to be another fabulous uh, term Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jan Allen, Director, Agnes Etherington Art Center, for joining us in the studio today. Congratulations to you and your team for the uh, award given to the Hold Movements in the Contemporary Collection in the Contemporary Collection, uh, which received the award for innovation in a collections-based exhibition from. Ontario Association of Art Galleries. Mm -hmm. Also, congratulations for your Lifetime Achievement Award and the Arts Champion Award you received just last night. Thanks so much. What a a great way to bookend your career. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. That's great. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.